You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all to volume 59 of the NFC East Mixtape, the greatest crossover ever attempted and successfully landed in the history of all universes, galaxies, and everything otherwise. Uh, you can listen to this podcast in any of four different places, all of the NFC East homes for SB Nation's team sites. That's Blog on the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Big Blue View, or Hogs Haven. My name is RJ Ochoa from Blog on the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation, BLG, who you can also see on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel or Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel. How are you, sir? Kind of can see me, also partially concealed by the mic because it's right in front of me. But I feel like that's just the best setup mm-hmm. audio wise for me. Probably should get an arm, but I don't have one. Uh, I have two arms attached to my body, but I don't have a podcast right, right. arm. Talking yeah. about a mic arm. One of the bendable. Yeah. Our our buddy Rob Statsquare is a big mic arm fan. He's a big like um like well, he's a radio guy. You know, that's what I'm saying. He's a big radio. like snob when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um so um BLG, I we always kind of start off with like a, an eclectic sort of topic before we get into the meat of the show. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. I've I've played this song, I've played this hit a few different times on a few different podcasts, but I've never kicked this can around with you. So I ask you before I offer my two cents, what is one of your biggest pet peeves in life that, that a person can do? Um I really don't like noises that are like really annoying and repetitive. So, you know, let's just say any kind of repetitive, annoying noise like that, I just I can't deal with that. Like that is so distracting. Um I, I can't do it. Um, a small one for me is when people ask you to do something, but phrase it like, do you want to like, Hey, Brandon, do you want to take out the trash? No, I don't want to do that. Like, just, just like ask me to do it. Like, Hey, Brandon, will you please take out the trash? You know what I mean? Like, I'll totally do those things. Um, so that's a small one for me, but a, a, a big one. And this is really an expression that I have a, a bone to pick with is, you know, BLG, you can't have your cake and eat it too. I hate this, this expression because the expression presents the two things is equal right like you can't have both of these things so like the two options presented here are to eat your cake or to have it what right. is what is to have the cake like what, what how at it that, that like how is it. how is this an equally desirable thing it, like it, like related to eating the cake like why, why would i equally want to do both of these things to where i'm trying to achieve both of them which is when the expression is utilized yeah, what else are you gonna do with the cake? Just look at it, you know, have it out there, be like, "Wow, that's a good looking cake." Wish I could eat that, but I can't. I, I hate that expression. Like, ugh, he's trying to have cake, his cake isn't and good. Eat it by too. the way, that's a it's a that's a big problem. oh cake is too. terrible. But like again, like call it pie or whatever. Like, what what is ha- what is the state of having the thing? Like, how, how what what good does that do me to have it? Why would I want that? Or you know what I mean? Like, why would I strive to have both of those things? And even then, if you're eating the cake, are you not no longer having it? Because the cake is gone, you know. So, like, how can you 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 actually physically cannot do both of those things? Marie Antoinette said, once said, uh, "Let them eat cake." I believe. 
That's all I got. Uh, before we get started, a reminder to subscribe to your preferred uh, team site, podcast network, leave a rating, write a review. Those things are always appreciated. If you leave a review, we promise we will read it and do what BLG has dubbed the cross review. If you're a Cowboys fan, go over to Bleeding Green Nation, leave a review, vice versa, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we do have a new review, Brandon. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Uh, this comes to us uh, from Mario Cap, who, as you have called him, is a bit of a serial reviewer. Uh, he, you know, recently reviewed actually and complimented me on my objectivity when it came to picking all of the games for every single NFC East team. He has come again uh, to compliment yours truly. He says, "RJ, this was a very fun podcast. Cowboys legacy pick has to be Tom Landry." Although Roger Staubach is a strong choice. In the 1970s, Landry lived, wait for it, Seamus, rent-free in our heads. Really loved picking the dock for the Eagles. His is the only official NFL jersey I own. Agree, Dak is the defining player of the Cowboys. Rent-free! Weren't the Cowboys, like, really bad before Landry showed up? Um, I mean, he showed up at the very beginning. (laughs) So... Uh, I mean, they were really bad with him for a long time before mm. they got good. Yes. Okay. And that's what that people like. That's another pet peeve, I guess. Like people love to act like things are the same. Like if people do this, for example, like, you know, I remember Peyton Manning threw a lot of interceptions as a rookie. Let's hold off on criticizing Zach Wilson, you know, like something like that. Um, it's crazy. So, so people will be like, you know, if, if today's NFL existed back when Tom Landry was coaching, we would have had him fired after the first couple of years and never would have given him a chance. Let's be patient with Jason Garrett. No, it's not the same thing. Um, so that's another pet peeve. So shout out to Pet Peeves, the big winner from today's episode. Here's um, another sports pet peeve if we want to tie it in here to what we actually talk about on the podcast. Like, okay. So Jalen Hurts, uh, I'm looking at a reply. So I listened to this Phillies podcast that my friends do. Um, and uh, in addition, well, obviously, there's the good fight, which is part of the SB Nation network, but uh, high hopes Shout as well. Shout out to John Stolness, yes. Um, where uh, someone like so they, they talk about Phillies, but in the last like whatever minute of their podcast, they're like, Man, I'm looking forward to Eagle season because the Phillies are so terrible. So they brought up Jalen Hurts, and someone like got so offended about them like not being high on Jalen Hurts that they tweeted at these podcast hosts with this graphic comparing. Jalen Hurts' uh, numbers from his first night. To Lamar starts, Jackson. To, well, to Josh Allen. Oh, of course. And it's oh, like, well, no. Jalen Hurts <laughs> is better. And it's just like, what are we doing? Like, that- are you not – like, I hate to be watching the games guy because that's so, like, reductive. And I feel like that gets used in a way where it kind of just throws all stats out the window. But, like, I feel like I've, like, pivoted back into watch the games because, like, it's not even comparable. Like, watch watch the freaking games and tell me those players are anything alike. Like, come on. Like, these, these numbers do not tell this whole story by any means. And also in there, I know you're not the biggest Justin Herbert fan. Oh, but like, what a, mis- this, what a this mischaracterization. Idea, this idea that, like, Jalen Hurts made the playoffs – and like that's this big accomplishment, and the Eagles were down like thirty-five to zero against the Bucks, and Jalen Hurts is like the queer, clear weakness in that game with the Eagles losing to Tampa Bay, and like he should get credit for that while Justin Herbert didn't make the playoffs, but like barely. There was like a play-in game at the end of the season, and like well, like Jalen Hurts is comparable to Herbert now. Like, well, like stop, please, just watch them play. Like watch watch them actually throw the football and play in the games. They're not comparable. Stop it. I will say uh, two things before we actually get to our NFC East content. And my dog is barking in the background because we record this on Tuesdays and Tuesdays uh, is trash day around here. Um, 
so but i i'm i don't know who tweeted this so I, apologies but i saw this tweet that was like um welcome to the next like 50 years of young quarterbacks being compared to Josh Allen's rookie season in the NFL, our first two years or whatever it was. And like, you're right. Like that, that's all it's ever going to be. It's like, well, look at Josh Allen. Josh and, Allen. And, and he blew up. So like, and, and actually the, the example I saw, and again, I'm apologies to whoever initially tweeted it, uh, was Justin Herbert. Like, but like in a dunking sense, like, well, if Josh Allen was this bad and, and Herbert's already this good, imagine how good Herbo's going to be. I, like, I, Herbo. I, I hate that nickname for him, by the way, like Herbo. I've never heard anyone use that. Herbie, wow. Herbie, Herbo is going to be. I, oh, you just Herbo. This, this graphic. God, this is so. Yeah, it's so bad. This is. It's just like you can't. You can't actually believe this. You can't look at these numbers and be like, yeah, actually, Joe Hurts is better I, than Josh Allen. I refuse to believe that there are people like intellectual people who actually believe like fall for these at this point. Like I think we like I I somewhat credit the NFC's mixtape for awakening awakening or waking people up to the the vertical photographic that is all the players like who's stopping this offense like a, a cousin of that is the graphic you just sent me where it's like a profile picture of two players and then like the middle is their their stats compared to one another like they're passing yards and this and this like who who are you taking retweet for Joe Burrow like for, for Justin Herbert it's just well you had this with what D Williams and um TJ or someone uh, or... i showed it i i did not have this to be very clear i just showed it to you yeah, yeah. You <laughs> it was it, yeah it was uh actually he or sam williams who wants to go by there's a lot of confusion okay. there wow. um and uh aiden hutchinson was the uh the other person yeah. so we well, Cow on. cowboys Again. really got the better player Woo! so yeah like uh, it's like the nfl teams aren't privy to this and it's like only someone who has taken the time to go through the statistical comparison has like outthought everyone um it's a different thing um obviously and i don't mean to like awaken any sort of political discussion but it's like i'm sure you've seen the meme um this was going around a lot um early in the pandemic but of like a cartoon drawing it's like an old man telling his wife like Hey, honey, look, I found some research on the internet that all of the doctors in the world missed. Like, that, like it's something like that. Like, <laughs> guys, I don't that, know. That really is, I mean, speaking to a larger point and not even just that specific thing, that is such like where we are today and <laughs> in sports discussion, even it's like you can literally believe anything you want yep. because you can find some kind of, you can cherry pick some kind of stat or whatever to just fit your argument. Um, for real, I, um, Okay, this is my last thing, and then we're getting to our, our actual subject today. I also wanted to say Aiden Hutchinson, friend of the SB Nation and a fellowship, because, you know, people should go listen to that show as well. Um, I did, you know, BLG, I love to tweet my, like, you know, last time X happened, the, the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw last weekend, not a few days ago, but last weekend I tweeted that Troy Aikman uh, was entering, when, when Troy Aikman entered his seventh season in the NFL, the Super Bowl was in Arizona. And the Dallas Cowboys won that Super Bowl. And I tweeted that Dak Prescott is entering his seventh season in the NFL, that the Super Bowl is in Arizona this year. And so just, you know, but like, hey, like, let's have fun. Let's laugh. And I don't know why, but this one, this one, I've done this a million times. This one set off so many people. Trey Wingo was in my mentions mm. all upset, like, this means nothing. I'm like, who thinks that I'm actually out here saying, like, well, lock it up you know <laughs> like let's yeah, go over. Let, let's go make the bets like uh um, don't even play the season it's all done right uh so uh yeah lots of uh lots of pet peeves apparently on our chest okay um pet peeves are sort of negative emotions which are existent in rivalries 
which is mm. my somewhat segue into today's segue king right here. Uh, <laughs> today's episode, uh, we are going to rank the NFC East rivalries. Now, Brandon and I individually were both unsure of how many there were. We we got together and double checked. There are six composite NFC East rivalries, and I think Brandon that we're going to rank them reflective of where the NFC East is today. Because obviously, like you go way back and like things were different a long time ago. But like as far as the landscape of the division today, I agree mostly. I think there is some historical context to consider some, into some. the evaluation. Yeah, more than like none at all. But yes, I think obviously skewing more towards recent because it's it's weird to be like. Uh, let's just say in theory that the commanders and giants had like the greatest all-time rivalry. Well, it's like, how could you put that number one right now? <laughs> how it's, bad those teams have been. Like, it's you like just can't the, do that. The way the NFL tries to force feed Packers bears down our throats. You know what I mean? They're like the NFL's, the NFL's oldest, oldest rivalry. rivalry. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's not a rivalry. Um, it's, it's just something the Packers own. That's it. Like, yeah, maybe when, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, Justin Fields gets replaced and the Bears get a good quarterback. I was going to go with like Dick Butkus, also a friend of the Espionation NFL show. Like when he was roaming the streets, like, you know, things are a little bit different. But now, you know, um, I like I, on this subject, I again, I, I it was some TikTok I saw of a Chicago based podcast. They were talking about Khalil Mack and they were saying it's amazing to consider that the peak of Khalil Mack as a bear was literally the first half of his first game. Like, like think, remember that first half, that Sunday night game where he, he was like yeah. owning the Packers. Like it literally never got better than that. That's really amazing to think about. Um, but okay. Do we want to go in ascending order, descending order? How do you want to do this? I think we should go from the bottom, the worst robberies to the top. Okay. So I think there ascending. might be more debate at the top. I think some of the bottom ones might be a little bit more, you know, we can kind of just roll through that. And how are you debate defining best rivalry? Like most contentious, most, most heated. Okay. Most juice. Yeah, okay. Juice factor. Um, I also came up with kind of related, but a little bit separate, like every team's top rival, which I guess we can kind of get to at the end of the podcast. We'll be talking that through here. I wanted to tell you very quickly that right now, Jason Garrett just tweeted. Did you know he's on Twitter now? No. He tweeted, go see at Top Gun movie, exclamation point. Fantastic, exclamation point. Quick tip, dash, go back and watch the original first, exclamation point. It's available on at Netflix, period. Is Loved he it. Paid for this? Exclamation point. I would assume he is. <laughs> I, I really would. Um, I like how this is like a quick tip as in like, hey. Like, yeah, like, oh, if you didn't think of in watching case you didn't the original. Know that this was a sequel, go watch the first. Hey, when, when Jurassic Park, World Dominion, Conqueror, whatever comes out, go watch the others. You know, what a quick tip. Thank you so much, Garrett. Appreciate you. Have you um, seen Stranger Things at all yet? I don't want to – to be clear, uh, before say anything more, no spoilers here, but just wanted to ask. I uh, – so my wife and I watched the first episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi over the weekend, and I mm, – I, I want to comment on that, but I probably shouldn't. Um, yeah, uh, you shouldn't. But um, I, I think we, we all feel the same way about the one thing. But anyway, um, I – decided to go back and rewatch season three of stranger things because i kind of remembered it but like i don't totally remember it um, nice pete tweeny over here with the sound effects um so i'm in the middle of season three um i don't know why the, the show is so good like i don't i can't put my finger on what the effect is but it's 
I think it's the juxtaposition of like, you know, the, the bright eighties kind of fun culture and, Mm -hmm. and like kids. So it's, you know, not like adults. It's just like something more, uh, like less threatening to you in one way, but then at the same time, there's this really dark stuff going on. So I think the juxtaposition of those two things, that's a good word, by the way, juxtaposition. Very deep point by you. Okay. We're Um, 15 minutes in. We have to get to the rivalries now. Um, Um, but anyway, season four is really good so far. That's all I'll say. No spoilers, but it's really good. Definitely check it out. Uh, number six for me. The Philadelphia Eagles. What? And Washington Commanders. Mm. Again. That's there, that's crazy. That's it, just no, there, there's some like, you know, historical juice here. And there's the like Donovan McNabb factor. There's the Deshaun Jackson factor. I do not get up for this game. Like if this is a primetime game, like my most like vivid memory of an Eagles uh, Washington game is Michael Vick going off. That's it. Like that, that's my most vivid memory of one of these games. The I Monday do, night massacre. Right. Um, I just cannot like think of a, of a game where I watched these two and was like, wow, that was sick. That game like broke Washington sports for a little bit there where I remember there was a, I think it was Chad Dukes um, who, who may have had, had you on his show before. I know he's, I've been on his show um, where he just like went on this like 15 minute rant about how Washington is such a joke. Like, that game really broke uh, at least him. In case, um, in case anyone's unaware, it was a Monday night football game. Uh, it was in Washington, right? Um, it was like just after Washington announced a contract extension with Donovan McNabb. Um, and Michael Vick, this was his one, two, three, four, six start. So correct me if I'm wrong. Kevin Cobb was the starter at the beginning of that season. And then it just like, he got hurt or something. And that opened concussed the right. by Clay Matthews. And I, then, and that opened the Vic door for in. Vick. Um, and this was Michael Vick's like reclamation tour in the NFL, obviously, um, and went off 20 of 28 for 333 yards, four touchdowns. Um, and had 80 yards off of eight rushing attempts and two scores on the ground. It is literally, I know you're not a big fantasy guy, but one of the most like incredible fantasy performances of all time by a single individual. I remember my cousin Jeremy had Vic going that night, and he was down by like, I don't know, 40 points and ended up winning. It was sick. Uh, but yeah, so Eagles commanders to me. Eh. And like now the Carson Wentz thing, eh, like it's, it's, like, juice. it's so fake juice though. Like it's eh. disagree. And maybe that's my Eagles bias showing, but uh, I have Commanders Giants in the last spot. I just don't really think there's history here, at least to my knowledge, not in my lifetime. There hasn't really been. Um, I, I just Landon what, Collins disagrees. I just feel like this. Yeah, but he's not even on the team anymore, right? Uh, I feel like this has no like do Giants fans and Washington fans like really hate each other? I don't know. It's just. These teams have been really bad for a long time or a decent amount of time now. And I just don't, where's the intrigue to this matchup? So I agree it, to be clear. This is fifth on my list. So I'm, I'm not having like really high, but I, and maybe this is giving away the top of my list. I'll, I'll do my best not to, but like the division is clearly two halves. You know what I'm saying? And, and has been for what, like a decade, right? It's, which is a long time. And so these are like, I, 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 my wife and I on the subject of, of uh, shows and movies, um, she had never seen Lord of the Rings. So we're in the process of watching them. I'm obviously rewatching them and we're watching the extended versions. And I don't know if you know this dude, they're like three and a half hours each. So it, yeah. it takes like a few sittings anyway. So like to me, the Cowboys and Eagles are Frodo and Samwise. 
whereas the Giants and Commanders are Mary and Pippin, right? Like there's clearly a divide among the the four here. Um, and so like when the two little brothers get together and squabble, like there's a little bit of interest to me there. Like it's like who's who's the superior little brother? And I, you know, so it has a little bit as an objective third party viewer here. It's a little bit more interesting to me. And like they had a, like when I think of great games or important games and some of this was just the timing of it all. The Giants kept Kirk Cousins out of the playoffs. And you love to bring that up like that. That game had juice when it was like like playoff implication juice. That was what six years ago at this point. I mean, it was a long time ago, but that's like point. that's exactly my I, point. I can't find an Eagles Commanders game that had that much juice. I mean, in in that same stretch of time. So you know, that's why it's fifth for me. I was going to ask you. I was like, when was the last time there was a Giants uh, Washington matchup that like was really important or held a lot of importance? Which is probably that. But even then, like, well, there was also the Thursday night game this year that went down to the wire. Remember Taylor Heineke and Daniel Jones? Yeah, that was. I'm talking about like going into the game, like having like big stakes or having importance. Like that was a good game at the end, you know, because of how it ended and everything. But it wasn't like an important game by any means going into it. Well, so I don't really know. Uh, Eagles Washington. There's been some Eagles Washington games over the years, like the Deshaun game. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. There, I don't know. Well, there There's was the some. the week one loss two years ago. Was it two years ago? Right. Um, yeah. To Dwayne Haskins' yeah. Washington team. Beginning of the end for Carson Wentz. Yeah. But like, I mean, I, I, like it's so hard to like include Washington in any of these. I mean, to be very clear here, because like, again, you know, like my bottom two involve them. Like they're so insignificant. Like, th- can you name a game that had significance that they were involved in that didn't involve the Cowboys? Like, really. and I mean, like a game in general, not just like the uh, an NFC East game. Like they had that win against Pittsburgh in 2020, but that was like the Steelers really falling apart. I mean, it's just it's the week. 17 game between the Eagles and Washington in 2020 where Washington won the division. See, like that wasn't even a big deal. That was, <laughs> I know but that's the, that's the point. All I right, guess so, that, that adds a, a level of like bitterness to the rivals. I'm, I'm fine swapping my, my five and six. So I'll put giants commanders last Eagles commanders five. So then in number five, I have Cowboys giants because mm, how dare you? I mean, this game is always a waste of time. It's always a game where it's like, you know, typically Eagles fans want the Giants to win because it's more helpful if the Cowboys lose. I, by the way, rent free, baby. I, I hate the, maybe we've talked about this here, maybe not. I hate the, they should just tie. No, like that, that, is, that is the dumbest take. It's like the most basic take. It, a tie is not helpful. <laughs> like a tie does not help. In most cases, especially if the Cowboys are ahead, you want to see the Cowboys lose. Like, even even if it did help, it's it's so like low. Yeah, it's also a dumb thing. That's to what I'm saying. Like it's so like obvious. Like and another thing I hate is like I could never cheer for the Giants to win, so I'm rooting for the Cowboys to lose. It's like, well, okay, I think that's like, fine. But that's no, but like that's, that's what... so lame. Like let's just let's we can all like say it out loud. You know, like it's okay. Like it's just yeah. You know, that's <laughs> disagree. I think the framing is fine, and that's that's exactly what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping the Cowboys lose. I'm not like happy the Giants are winning. I'm like yes, the Cowboys are losing. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, I have Cowboys Giants here just because the Eagles will never get any help from the Giants being able to beat the Cowboys. Dak has never lost to the Giants, right? Uh, that's incorrect. I don't know if you or recall. Or like one time in his... He got 20... swept by the Giants, his rookie season. Okay. Um, and then didn't lose After for that, a long though. time. Um, and that was it. Um, okay. They, so the one yeah. like fluke year that the Giants had where they clearly like weren't as good as the, boat the record year. indicated. Right. Yeah. 
Um, so okay, that one season, but outside of that, he hasn't lost to them, right? I'm pretty sure. I'm very certain that he has not. They they did lose um the uh second game in 2020, but Dak wasn't there, obviously. So right. So I mean, there's just I always like it's a lock. The Cowboys are going to win that game as long as Dak isn't hurt. I will say, like modern day, which I mean, the Dak era. This is year seven, as pointed out by uh, Trey Wingo, um, of of the Dak era. So, like, obviously, also the guest of the SB Nation NFL show. That's true. Um, so, I mean, it's been a long time, right? Like since this had juice, but I, I mean, before that, there was a lot of juice here. I mean, it, like the Romo Eli, you know, Cowboys Giants games had a lot of juice, um, and that's like that makes me so sad that like Eli like had these like incredible performances and so like it just makes me sad that it happened against my team um but like the 2000 look up look up week one 2007 the cowboys won that game i think 45 35 like that was a shootout against eli's giants uh they that year they met in the playoffs like we're talking about a team that met in the playoffs and then one of those teams won that game and won the super bowl i mean so like i think like off of that alone that happened in the last 15 years like that you know revives this a little bit uh that was their first meeting ever i think in the playoffs um in 2008, Dallas, their season was, you know, on its final legs and they beat the Giants on Sunday Night Football to keep it alive. They lost to the Ravens the next week, the final game at Texas Stadium, and then 44 to 6 happened. But that was a big time win against the the Giants that were defending world champs and everything like that. Eli and the Giants won the first game ever at what was Cowboys Stadium and now is AT&T Stadium. Like there is a lot of like bitterness to this. Plus like this game and I think this is maybe what's happened to you. It it's provided a lot of fatigue with how often it was week 1 Cowboys Giants on the night football. Yep, like I every I, year. I get that, but like I also that is another pet peeve of mine. Like people act like when the schedule's coming out it's like, "Well, here it comes, week 1 Cowboys Giants." That hasn't happened in, in 5 years at this point. It was 2017 yeah. last time. But like, it was happening way too much right. for a while. So like it hasn't happened in a long time at this point. So my point and is how like we not gotten Eagles Cowboys week 1. I've been beating this drum. I know. We got it really early last year though. Was it week 3 Monday Night Football? Um, it's week 3. But, but still like it was but a week one. Anyway, my point is like there's a lot of juice here. Um, I think between you know and like also there's a lot of seismic energy that's happened with the Giants. Tony Romo's first like season-ending injury happened on Monday Night Football against the Giants. Tony Romo first came in on Monday Night Football against the Giants in 2006. Dak Prescott's career or not career uh, season-ending injury in 2020 uh, happened against the Giants. And Jason Garrett's return to the to AT&T Stadium with the Giants against the Cowboys like that's a lot of juice. I mean, like, so I think you're hating on this a little bit. Mm, it doesn't do a lot for me because I just always feel like the Giants don't even have a chance. To be fair, game. I so like I've already mentioned my six and five. Cowboys Giants is fourth, <laughs> so it's not like I have it like incredibly high. But yeah, so I have Eagles Giants fourth, and Ooh, kind of similar reason. Owns the Eagles. In, <laughs> you know, I love that stat about how Donovan and McNabb had the same amount of wins or whatever against the Giants. Uh, it's just you know the, it, it it became a point. And it's still kind of at that point where it wasn't even a rivalry anymore. Like it used to be for a, a while, and arguably some would argue Eagles top rivalry. But then the Eagles just ended up. It's it's been it's been so it's been so one sided. In fact, that I've brought this up before. I'll bring it up again. The Eagles, who never had had a series lead against the Giants ever since like nineteen whatever thirty something, actually overtook the all time record against the Giants. Which maybe like that doesn't mean anything to people. But it kind of speaks to like how dominant the Eagles have been over the Giants for a long time now. And yes, uh, I had a couple of losses to Joe Judge in there, 
one of the Eagles clearly worst loss last year in terms of expectation, not in terms of, you know, obviously they got blown out by some teams, but those were better teams. The Giants were terrible and they somehow the Giants didn't even play well in that game. That wasn't even a game the Giants could like feel good about winning. It was just more about like the Eagles like just doing everything they could possibly do to lose and uh embarrass themselves, which they did. So uh, I have this towards the bottom because even with those wins, that hasn't really like shifted the the paradigm here. Um, maybe there's a little more juice with James Bradbury leaving, but not really. Not, not I don't think that really does a lot. I think this is kind of a, a lame robbery that could get reheated up again in the future, but right now is dormant. So I have this. So I've already mentioned my six, five, and four. This is third for me. So I like we're you know basically following my list. Um, you know, just shout out to me. Um, to me, this does have some reheated energy, obviously with the Joe judge victory, like, but it's, it's really big, like meme energy. You know what I mean? Like it, there's energy nonetheless, but it's, it's kind of like embarrassing energy. You know, it's, it's, it's not like, you know, we're not talking like Raven Steelers here, but like, there is something there. Um, and I think the judge win was important for the, you know, the rivalry sake, given all the chatter about, we want the Eagles week one, blah, blah, blah. Like it, it was stupid and it was lame and it was unjustified, but they did like kind of call their shot and and they walked the walk that they talked. Um, so I, I will say like, this is a, I think you agree so much to a rivalry is what does it look like? Like it's, it's got to like pop for me. Like I, it needs to have like some visual energy. And these are the two most muted uniforms that the NFC East has to offer. Um, and I say that even though the commanders have like an array of terrible ones, but so it's, it's difficult to like, I don't look at those two helmets. Like, like I, I can't see the pregame for this game and like see the giants helmet on one end of the stage and the Eagles helmet on another and get pumped. But, um, it's it's just it's low key. It's I think it's it's got some semblance of hatred. It's not really a rivalry. It's just like we hate that they exist, sort of thing. I think the thing you can say about the Eagles Giants rivalry is they have the closest geographical proximity. Sure. So that that's something. And growing up like I did in the New Jersey, Philly area, uh, I knew Giants fans. So that kind of like added to it. I would say that was different in that. I feel like Giants, Eagles, Sands, at least my understanding of the rivalry, my experience with it was that it's kind of more of like a like a brotherly thing, kind of brotherly brotherly rivalry, whereas like Cowboys Sand, that was like more hatred. Like mm-hmm. Giants Sands you messed with and it could get better, but there was also like maybe some like I don't know, unsaid respect or something where Cowboys Sands is just pure hatred, like no redeeming qualities at all. At least that's how it was for me. I know people who lived kind of more in the DMV area. And they felt like that way strongly about the commander. So part of it, I'm sure, is where you live. Um, so I just wanted to add that in there. Uh, I do, again, I do think this will heat up again when the Giants potentially get better, which maybe they're on the path towards. But for now, again, it's just kind of laying low and not a whole lot of juice to these matchups. I feel like the Eagles have dominated this team, not unlike the Cowboys, that you look at the schedule and the Eagles deserve the benefit of the doubt. Whereas I will not do that with the Cowboys because mm. they've had the Eagles number in recent years. Like I just give the Eagles the benefit of the doubt. And if they lose to the Giants, I'm not going to feel like dumb for, for, for not believing in New York. It's more of just like, again, do the Eagles beat themselves? And they did last year. Um, I don't know how you can give the Eagles the benefit of the doubt when they lost to this team a year ago. So I mean, again, but it wasn't even the Giants playing well. It's not like it I happened. slept on the Giants, but I didn't sleep on the Giants. I like mm. gave the Eagles too much credit. <laughs> Mm, I don't know. Uh, okay. I think Giants fans would tell you that win was not like in any way like like encouraging for them. They didn't do any like they, they did not play well. There was nothing you could point to in that game and be like, 
yeah, I mean, the defense did some good things, but okay, with like who? With pieces that are there for years to come? No. Um, fine. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Okay, so that's fourth for you? That's fourth. Okay, I'm, so, ass- I'm assuming then... Um, so we've I've gotten through my sixth, fifth, fourth, and third, because I had Eagles, mm-hmm. Giants, um, third. So that means we're up to your third. I'm going to assume... You have Cowboys Commanders third and Eagles yep. Commanders second. Yep. Okay. So, um, just so we're clear, I have Cowboys Commanders second. Um, so you have you have so we both have our team and the Commanders second, correct? Yes. Okay. So we we kind of touched on Eagles Commanders and you defended it, so I understand why since you have it second and I have it sixth. Um. The wins factor adds to it for sure. If he wasn't here, but that like, would, what if would what if he lower. doesn't even play? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what if, what if it's like a, an embarrassment? Like, I don't know that we can like lock that in right now. Well, maybe he doesn't, but for now, he is projected to. So that's how I'm gonna play it. I mean, what if Dak gets hurt in week one? I don't know. Like, you're just throwing hypotheticals out there. Um, I guess. Um, it's it's amazing that the last two technically franchise quarterbacks for the Eagles have both wound up starting for Washington. That's amazing, right. if you really think about it. And it is. Because <laughs> also, how is Washington like, yeah, we got it. Don't worry. <laughs> this is definitely going to work out this time. 
I even if you go back to Sonny Jurgensen too, and that one did work out more for Washington, but still, it's kind of crazy how you have division rivals uh, repurposing the other team's quarterback. I still don't. There's no Eagles Commanders juice that like gets me pumped, but I guess I am pumped to watch the Wentz thing. But I'm really, really rooting for Wentz. Like I really, really want to see that. Well, so you should be, yeah. Um, but okay, so Cowboys Commanders. Um, I I would argue that this is maybe the most historical rivalry of all of them. Yeah. Um, and you like, always hear that. That's like always the thing. It's like oh, you know, because people will be like Eagles Cowboys because it's more of the recent thing. But no, actually, it's Commanders or Washington. Dallas. Right. Um, this goes way back. Like this, this is like the OG. Um, like into the seventies, like, and you know, we didn't even mention, by the way, Lawrence Taylor, um, who, who we talked about last week, by the way, but I mean, had a big role obviously in this, in this, all these rivalries, but, um, in the giants commanders rivalry, I mean, obviously with Joe Theismann, but, um, but like, that's, that was like the, I think that was the, maybe the, maybe the true first rivalry, like deep hatred, you know, whatever. Um, and so it's maybe the, the longest standing one. It's, I think over, you could argue over the Jerry Jones era really lost juice. Like 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 maybe that whole time. And that isn't like I'm not saying it's Jerry's fault, just like from a timeline perspective. That's like cause you could also say like the Dan Snyder era has really been when it's like kind of lost its juice. Um but yeah, I mean like, you know, I will say they're they're my favorite team for the Cowboys to play on Thanksgiving. Cause it feels the most Thanksgiving-y. You know what I mean? Like and I like I want that game on Fox. Like it just it, it checks all the like nostalgia boxes for me. Um and and the, you know I like you know Dallas got swept by them in 2012 the you know RG 3s year and that was really painful but like that was the last time I really like hated them because they, it was annoying right like they were good and they it was frustrating and you know you were nervous about what RG 3 presented over the course of his career but I mean there have been a lot of you know tense moments but there have like in our lifetimes um, you know for the 30 something year old there haven't been a lot of like true contentious moments I would say the the most the, the one people probably remember the most, and I don't know how well you remember this, but uh, the penultimate game of 2013, Dallas was clinging to a playoff spot and had to win out. And Tony Romo threw what, what, we, what we didn't know while, while hurt, a uh, game-winning touchdown to DeMarco Murray. Dallas kept their season alive, and Romo had to miss the season finale that Kyle Orton started against uh, Nick Foles' Eagles. And so that was the last, like, man, this is intense. Um, this is a team that Dak has owned forever, uh, basically, except for a handful of moments, obviously, the 2020 season notwithstanding. But, uh, but yeah, Dallas-Washington goes way back. Yeah, I don't think I've really ever hated Washington in my lifetime, which kind of takes the luster out of me putting them at number two. But again, we talked about this being more recent. And I think the Wentz thing is really big for the Eagles' perspective uh, and probably the Washington too. But um, yeah, I just, it's tough. It's tough to give Washington a lot of juice here. Um, they they are the true little brother. Like I think if every team in the division picked a little brother, it would be Washington because they do the dumb stuff. Like like the benches last year. You know what I mean? Like they they like cannot get. It's it's not enough that Dan Snyder is a terrible person and has ruined the franchise and everything. But like even Ron Rivera can't get at. Like they they continually make terrible decisions over and over and over and over again. And that's why I think it, they're so unthreatening. Ultimately, mm -hmm. when like, when was the last time? And the answer is the RG three season that you, like you felt like legitimately threatened by Washington, like that they were going to have some kind of sustained success in the division. Like maybe okay, they're they're good in a given year, but like when was the last time you were actually kind of be like, oh no, this team might be a problem. There and isn't an answer. It was then I, I will yeah, say RG three. There, there are also like 
and I think you would agree with here, there are some like Thursday or Sunday or Monday night games where you're excited to root against your NFC's rival, right? Like, I don't know, there's like a Monday night game and the Eagles are playing the Saints and you are like pumped to root for the Saints that night or like, you know, whatever, it's Saints, Cowboys or what you're like Packers, Cowboys, like I'm sure you like love rooting for the Packers in those moments. And like, I can't, I can't think of a time where I've like enjoyed rooting for a different team against Washington in that kind of spot because it's, it's never significant. And that's the thing too, like, you know, the Eagles play, if they're not playing the Cowboys, they play legitimate teams in those windows and the Cowboys vice versa, right? So like you get to root for, again, the Packers or the the Saints or, you know, the Seahawks, teams like that. Like the Washington doesn't, like if Washington isn't playing an NFC East rival in primetime, like who are they playing? That's good. Like, can you think of a, of a primetime game they've played against a non-NFC East team that was like a, a quality opponent? Not really. No. You can't. It doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. Yeah, and that, again, speaks to Dan Snyder being a terrible owner and kind of really really providing, like, a safety net for <laughs> Washington's rivals of, like, ever having to not worry about them. So, uh, all that said, again, the Wentz thing is just a lot of juice to me. Eagles fans take over that stadium. Um, it's a big gap. Look, it's not like the spot from one to two is equal to the spot from two to three. Mm-hmm. There's a big gap. Um, but they're here right now in part because I think a lot of the other ones lack juice. It's look, it's been a division of two teams, really, for a, a Frodo and Sam time now, other than you know, like a stray year here and there by Washington, who won the division with a sub 500 record. Their last um, two have happened when the Cowboys franchise quarterback was hurt for the season, just right. put so, that out there. So, exactly, not exactly the biggest threat here. So, it's only natural that they would all rank behind the thing that. Of course, we would rank top on Look, the list. Let's. I just want to say this. When it comes to number one, only one of these teams, when it comes to the number one rivalry, refers to the week by the name of the other team. That's mm-hmm. that's a one-way thing. Like, like it is for Cowboys uh, Eagles, no Cowboys fans. Like, it's Philly, it's Philly week. It's, it's Philadelphia week. It's, oh, my your... gosh. Like, it's, and, so like, who do you have I can guarantee you the there's, there's no list. content at Blogging the Boys that's like, it's Philly week. So, rent-free, baby. Rent-free. you have the free. top? of your list here rent free so i want to say who do you have at the top of your list i we have the same thing at the top of our list oh interesting yeah i mean again so the, the, the eagles are the, the are the important one in the division the eagles say. are the best little brother like that's really all i can offer you i mean yeah who's the cowboys top rival it's the eagles i mean right now in our <laughs> lifetime and, but you know what like it that is really like a. it's not even a 21st century thing because I was, I was th- obviously thinking about this in preparation for this. It's really like a 2011 since thing. Like it's, it's like the last 10 ish years, maybe like that, that 2013 week 17 game was like the beginning of it. Cause even before that, and I'm being totally truthful here from a Dallas perspective, there was no like real threat. Like I was never like, Oh like, yes, 44 to six was very painful. And that was annoying. Um, but other than that, like, and the, uh, yeah, 2009 had the playoff when last, so like last time these two teams met in the playoffs, Dallas won. I mean, like, but this, this rivalry was really lacking. Like it really, really was lifted by the 2016 NFL draft. It is a bummer to that point you just made there that like these teams haven't met in the playoffs more often. And then really just NFC East teams as a whole, because the division has been not great. Uh, maybe not as bad as everyone likes to say, NFC least, but it certainly hasn't been great. And uh, that kind of, you know, takes the luster at a lot of these rivalries. It's because you're not even seeing good, like, playoff matchups that add to rivalries. So uh, it's definitely a big factor here. And it's crazy. Like, 
even for this being the top division rivalry, again, when was the last time we saw a week one game? When was the last time we saw a playoff game? And even when they were in that playoff game, which was what, the 20... That was 2009, the playoff 2009 game. season. Donovan and, McNabb's air guitar, baby. Well, it was really dumb, too, because the Eagles, what, lost to the Cowboys in week 17 that yeah. year? And then I, I had no confidence they were going to beat. Every, no one had any confidence the Eagles were going to win the next game because they just gotten beat. So that game didn't even have, like, I think the most juice uh, heading into that one. It's like, that's the thing. Like, the juice that this rivalry has had has really had very little to do with the games that they've played against one another, um, which is unfortunate. And even, like, we've brought this point up several times, and I know I've mentioned it for years on BGN Radio, even since 2016 in the, the DAC, I guess, Wentz still, but formerly Wentz era, like, mostly the games in Philadelphia have meant nothing. Like the the only real consequential one was 2018, which Dallas yeah. won, and 2019 where Dak was hurt, but you know still Philly won. So like we've gotten in the last six years two games of consequence in Philadelphia. So it's like I don't want to say we're hypocrites, but like it, like they have been the two best teams, but their games against one another have generally been meaningless. That says more about the quality or lack thereof in the division of these i would also say end of the scheduling because they they had the they've had three games in the final week of the regular season so like half of the time that's that's all the more reason why they should have one in week one because you've effed this up in the past i agree with you um i do want to bring this up so shout out to mark lane who hosts a podcast for us that comes out on mondays on the blog on the voice podcast network um it's called hidden yardage um he specifically made a joke about how you specifically should be aware of the cowboys record at lincoln financial field aka the link do you know uh brandon who or what what each team's record at the link is each other team uh dallas washington and, and new york obviously since when since the link All opened time? yeah so that's week what 2000 and Three, four, uh, three, three. No, so I know that, but I do know that there was a long stretch there where like the Eagles could only win in AT and T, and then the Cowboys could only win in Philly. So uh, the Giants are six and fourteen at the link. I'm that, surprised it's that high. that that does include uh, what was it the 2008? No, that no. Who, well, there was a playoff loss in there. I'd forget what year it was, uh, but. That does include the playoffs. Um, the commanders are 8 and 11 at the link. Um, so, you know, a little bit closer to 500. The Dallas Cowboys, the only team above 500, they are 11 and 8. But to the point we mentioned, um, two of those wins were week 17 of 16 and week 18 last year. And one of the losses, um, or sorry, well, no, week, uh, it, week was, 17 it was 2017, week 17, yeah. and the loss was the year before. So, and yeah. that was a terrible game. It was 6-0. I know. Uh, but so, yeah, you've got some some weird stuff there. But, you know, still, Cowboys the only team with, uh, you know, an above 500 record at the link. So they own it, basically, is my point. Hmm. What's the Eagles record in AT&T Stadium in that time? I don't know. I don't have that information. I didn't look that up. I, I prepared what I needed to for this show. Did mm-hmm. you? I mean, no. Uh, by the way, uh, Mark also added that the Cowboys are the only NFC East team to have eight or more wins in all of their divisional opponents' venues. Um, so, Fed- hang a banner for that. FedEx Field is the oldest of uh, the four. Big shocker there, Dan Snyder. Um, Dallas is sixteen and nine there. As mentioned, uh, Dallas is eleven and eight at the link. And keep in mind, MetLife Stadium opened in just two thousand ten, so not incredibly long ago, but still. And Dallas already has eight wins. They are eight and four there. Um, so, you know, that really speaks to, um, you know, who the Cowboys are as bear barks in the background. So we talked about the Cowboys top rival being the Eagles 
Eagles top rival, Cowboys. Who do you think the Giants top rival is? It's the Cowboys. I think everyone's is the Cowboys. I'm sorry. I don't know. It I is. Think, I don't know. It's the Cowboys because the last time they were relevant, it was the Cowboys. It's. I think Giants fans might say Eagles. I think they might hate the Eagles more than the Cowboys. I I mean maybe like the older people from like a proximity standpoint, but it's the Cowboys. Like they the Cowboys own everybody. Like and I know that that bothers you to admit, but we both know that Washington's top rival is Dallas. I mean New York's is definitely Dallas. And but I would say that New York owned the rivalry in the moments that mattered, like the playoffs. In having one of the biggest advantages in the NFL, a quarterback playing well on a rookie contract, a day three pick, and the Cowboys owning their division rivals through all this stretch what do they have to show for it that really is like when you say it like that it is super it just takes the wind (laughs) out of the sails completely it doesn't it doesn't mean anything it's like you you found a day three franchise quarterback already impossible right like so like you've already like you know pulled off this incredible thing you have completely owned your division since then a, a very difficult proposition, nonetheless. And that's why, like, I hate people that are like, oh, Tom Brady had the AFC East to play. It's not like it was difficult. There goes the mail truck. Um, what, what, like, what, what has been stopping you, Dallas? Like, like the, the big bad NFC East? Like, you know, it's right. it's been nothing. Like, and, not and it only- hasn't been like they've been in a loaded conference. And, like, you know, let's just say for the NBA equivalent, like the Warriors, they like it's like the Cowboys got to multiple Super Bowls, but they ran into like this juggernaut team every year that they just couldn't get by um like lebron had some issues with that right right, right. uh it's not even like that like they 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 what like two playoff wins one playoff win they have i in i mean since when like are you being specific yeah i don't know like whatever in the stretch that they've dominated the rest of the division um i been, mean well in more. in the DAC era if you want to like include that they have one playoff win um mm-hmm. but they've made it to the divisional round twice because I, I i i think that and like, despite playing at home no too, but like, like the I, one seed. I don't mean to make this about this but like i think that that is something that should be like even as a point of credit to people but more so now now that there's only one buy in each conference but like people act like oh well they lost their first playoff game yes that's true but they you know they earned a buy like that that's a like it's not the same thing as winning a playoff game obviously but it's it's worthy of like mentioning it out loud is all i'm saying um but yeah i mean it's more embarrassing when they lose um only one playoff win and it was against the Seahawks and they were embarrassed um in their most recent one by a different rival i think a different show we need to do is the each team's non or top non NFC East rival because for Dallas it's probably San Francisco. Cowboys the last three playoff games have been against NFC West teams. Yes, the Niners who they lost to, the Rams who they lost to, and that came one week after the Seahawks who they Seahawks defeated. Who they beat. Maybe they'll get the Cardinals this year and win. An old school NFC East team. The the yeah. the real NFC East back back when the Phoenix Cardinals were playing. I remember it was so awesome. So, uh, I'm sure I'm sure our audience appreciates you mocking. Uh, what else? Do we have anything else? Do you want to add anything else? No. Nothing. Nothing at all. Um. Nope. Okay. Well. Um. That about does it for this week's edition of the NFC East mixtape. Brandon did not spoil season four of Stranger Things to everybody, so shout out to him. Um, I'm not done yet. Well, where are you at? What episode are you on? Because I know they're super long. So if I'm not mistaken, I haven't done my own research on this, but uh, I think there's like it's like one of those things where they do like uh, there's like a gap. Like this is like season this four. Is, but this is volume one of half. season four. Yeah. Volume one of two. Yeah, which is kind of BS, but whatever. Um, I think I'm like five or. 
four or five or six somewhere in there. Mm. Um, I have, I have a last couple quick questions on on this. When you're watching a show that you're like you're, you're into, it's not like a show you're casually watching. All right, and you get like a text message or something. Do you do you check it while you or do you pause the show to, to like address the phone? There's a lot of different variables here. Sometimes I'm watching on my phone, so maybe uh, if it's depressing and I'm just there anyway, and I'm looking at the screen, and I want to go to the next screen. Okay, uh, you're watching it on TV for the for the sake of watching the it on TV, yeah. and I'm probably not looking at my phone. But that's but like you feel the notification on your watch or you hear it. I or don't. Something. I don't have notifications except for phone calls. In terms of like things that vibrate or yeah, just vibrate. I don't. Oh, that I don't have any notifications on my phone. That me, I look at my phone enough that I don't need it, and also I don't need to be looking at my phone even more than I do. I don't. I don't. I don't need extra reminders. I have things that are like are, that are really important. Again, like a phone call or whatever. Um, but nothing. Uh, nothing super pressing. Do you like close the shades and everything? You make it like a movie theater experience. Um, not really. Okay, what's the, what's the food situation when you're watching Stranger Things? I mean, it depends what time I'm watching it. What about the last time you watched it? I feel like something scarier. I'm not necessarily hungry. Mm, yeah. See, like, like I think like for something like Stranger Things, I want like gummy worms. You know what I mean? Like, well, well that's the thing too. Like, Stranger Things can kind of be gross sometimes. Some of the things are like kind of gross. I'm not trying uh, to like eat mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. Like mm, I'm gonna have this spaghetti with sauce. It's like there's like blood or like like weird goopy stuff going on. Goopy, not a word you use often. I mean, like I don't mean you shout specifically. Out, shout out to Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, her company Goop. I did not know that. So boom. Um, you ever check out a uh, Smartless? No, I don't know any of the words you're saying right now. Like <laughs> it's a podcast with Will Arnett, uh, Jason Bateman, and Sean. Young? I tell you what, I did over the weekend watch Chippendale, the new one that Will mm-hmm. Arnett is in. It was legit. Um, I said oh, it was yeah. for my son. Was did you it, like it? Oh. <laughs> did you think it was? Do you think it was good? <laughs> wow, Will Arnett and Russell Wilson. Hey, uh, hey, Will. Uh, you know, uh, win our, our our child. Just, I mean, lo- like, cannot get enough. I mean, we put it on, and he just, I mean, he just loves it. I mean, we just love all the productions you're in, and you know, I, I have um. I have a, a production company myself, you know, when I'm, I, I just, I don't get a lot of time in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always moving and grinding and hustling and I believe in, in putting positive energy into things. And, um, and so I put, I put energy into all my things. And, but when I have time and I have the energy and I, I put it into my craft cause I'm always working. Um, yeah, I would, I would love to collab with you. I mean, you're just, you're such a talented, you know, person. I, I would love to, to have our paths cross. What do you think, Will? Uh, Reese's, uh, <laughs> stop and have a Reese's cup. <laughs> Two great tastes that taste great together. I, uh, I, I put a, I spent a million dollars on my body and, and my health and wellness, and um, I, I haven't had a Reese's peanut butter cup um, since my time at at Wisconsin. Um, you know, go Badgers, right? Rose Bowl, uh, Broncos country. Let's ride. So uh, yeah. So, anyway, uh, wow. Thank you, uh, Russell and Will, for the guest appearances um, on nice. the NFC's mixtape. Um, okay, Brandon, it's time to leave. Uh, send us home with the Stranger Things theme song. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. 
ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 